This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast or go to saythiscast.com to hear previous episodes. Hey there, party people. Not changing that for the new season. I'm your <laughs> host, Nicole, and I'm joined here today by the laughing man, Genre. <laughs> um, Welcome to year three of uh, I Shouldn't Have to Say This. Let's we are go. We are very excited uh, about this new horizon. I am so much more busy than i was the last couple of years that we've been doing this podcast so we're going to be doing things a little bit differently doing topics that um are a little bit more pragmatic uh and a little bit less heady for the most part i mean i say that but the po- the topic that we're going to do after this is going to be super heady yeah so I, i'm, li- I, don't, I'm don't lying say that. don't lie I, i'm lying um but <laughs> lying I'm, to the people yeah um Today we're going to talk about feminism, but we're going to talk about how feminists, especially young feminists, but more broadly, I think all of us could do a better job of understanding the fundamentals of feminism and in particular, what patriarchy is. So shockingly, for once in a literal lifetime. Uh, It feels like patriarchy is not a term that has lost its meaning, actually. (laughs) I think that people generally, when they say patriarchy, they kind of, if they know what it is and give a fuck, so there are a lot of thresholds to get over. But if if they're familiar with the term, they, and they aren't wrong, extremely wrong i think most Mm -hmm. of us agree that patriarchy is a system that privileges men in society over women generally speaking or over men over anybody i mean you you certainly aren't getting better treatment than non-binary people (laughs) (laughs) or or worse treatment than non-binary people rather let me be let me be gender inclusive and i apologize for that bit of transphobia there i will not try not to do that again (laughs) (laughs) you gotta you gotta own your um your fuck-ups when you make them yeah Uh, we'll keep that in yeah um so this is one of the the few words that like i i just think about like one of our earlier episodes about about language and about how um different groups can like take hold of of different words and, and phrases and things like that but this is this is a uh a phrase that has remained pretty static for its for its meaning like throughout throughout culture which is pretty interesting actually yeah i think that we could get into another completely different topic on that because conservatives will twist the meaning of terms when the meaning of the term refers to something that they don't want to address but Mm -hmm. they just think that patriarchy is good so they don't need to change the definition. They just say, yes, and patriarchy is good. Um, women should get back into the kitchen and men should be the ones to win the bread. I mean, that's just natural. 
Yeah. So they don't need to do anything to the term patriarchy. I think that what I'm going to try and critique today is actually something that a lot of feminists do. Uh, so I'm going to use a framing device. Well, maybe not a framing device. I'm just going to use a prompt, okay? So okay. there is a TikTok that went kind of viral um, <laughs> okay. that had a woman kind of looking sarcastic with her eyes like rolling. And it said, men crying about the patriarchy they created do- doesn't allow them to be emotional or vulnerable. What? Or so... Essentially, the point of the tweet is that men will cry that they don't get to be emotional or vulnerable, but that's the price that they pay in patriarchy for being uh, privileged privileged and upheld. And the idea that, you know, if you bitch about it, you could always stop being part of a patriarchal society. Now there are a few what? issues. There are Sorry. there are so just dumb. Yeah, it's extremely stupid. So let's just go down the list. Let's start with the major one. Never pay so, so when we're talking about racist like a systemic racism, patriarchy, trans misogyny, uh heteronormativity. When we're talking about heteronormativity or systems of oppression, which are systemic, not individual, it is very stupid and ill-advised and shitty to take the mo- to take the word and apply it to a single person. Let me explain. So a guy can be sexist. A guy can be raised in a sexist society. The guy who was raised in the sexist society and therefore is sexist is not upholding the entire sexist society, nor did he choose his upbringing. He's just a product of it. Moreover, it's not just the men in his life who are telling him to man up or be cry- or not to cry or to be stoic or anything. A lot of the time, the messages that men, boys and men, uh, take un- take into themselves and internalize come from women. I want you all, if you were in a normal school environment growing up, to just think back and see if you can figure out a single memory of a woman, a teacher, a mother, an aunt, a grandma. And I'm sure that if you're a man, you're not even going to have to think that hard about it. But for you women out there and you envies, just think about seeing a, a woman in a boy's life tell them, oh, you can't cry. Or, oh, suck it up. Or, oh, be a man. Or, you know, that's not how you be a man. A man has to be um, stoic. You need to be calm in this situation. You need to be unemotional. Because I can remember a lot of times where women will uphold patriarchy and to give patriarchal ideas to their sons, to their nephews, to the men in their lives. Even romantic partnerships with people who are ostensibly pretty progressive. Um, I know a lot of women who don't want to see their men cry or who are turned off when their men are vulnerable with them. So 
it's not individual men who are upholding patriarchy. And also, the second point, I kind of rolled into the second one there. Women are, I'm not going to say just as guilty, but it's close. I mean, everybody's part of the, uh, part of the system. Like we have this patriarchal system in the in our culture and our society, and it's not just men who are upholding it. I mean, that that's boiling it down. Like women also take part in it. Obviously, like you were rolling into that. I just want to say, like, just flat out, it's not. We we all live in this, and we all have our like roles that we're expected to play uh in this in the society which is not anybody's choice at this point i mean is that is that what is that like part of what you're saying yeah i'm pretty much we don't choose to grow up the way that we do and a lot of boys frankly are born pretty sensitive they're not born stoic they get that message imprinted on them as they grow up and they have interactions with people and they're punished for vulnerability and they're rewarded for stoicism. It's really simple. So individual men don't do that. So when individual men uh, lament that patriarchal society hurts them, it is really fucked up to make fun of them or to say you're not allowed to feel that way because they're also victims of patriarchy. Now, I know that a lot of people cringe when you say men are also victims of patriarchy because they are <laughs> the main beneficiaries of patriarchy. However, there is um, a term that I want to introduce. Oh, God, we're getting so far off it. I want to talk about uh, benevolent sexism. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> which is just the idea that um, treating women preciously and like they're not expendable and like they're too precious to do hard work and things of that nature is really irritating. If right. you're a woman and you're walking around and you're lifting up your bag of groceries and some guy comes in and he like swoops in and he t picks up your bags and he puts them in and like you don't know who the strange motherfucker is they're performing what they think you need because you look like you were struggling or maybe they just thought like you're a woman so of course you're struggling but that's really infantilizing or when people say you know text me when you get home or you know when men are saying you can't do that because you're a woman and that's dangerous for you. Those are types of benevolent sexism where the goal is to keep you safe, but it also puts a lot of restrictions on your freedom as a woman to self-determination, to figuring out your own limitations because there's always some guy waiting in the wings to come and try and fucking save you. It's irritating as shit to grow up with. But on the flip side of benevolent sexism, there's expendability, which men experience. So the idea that, you know, send some men off to war. They're fine. Uh, what, what's a few men lost to war if we get oil reserves in Afghanistan or whatever? <laughs> and of course, that really sucks. Or, you know, yeah, that man has to work 80 hour weeks to put food on his table, but 
That's a man's job. It's fine if his uh, limited sanity is starting to dwindle. <laughs> Just the idea that men should leave it all on the table to give the best possible life to their families, no matter what. Give it 110%. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't Don't give in. Push through it. Push or, through the pain. You know, if you see a woman suffering... Or if you see if you see a woman struggling with something and you struggle just as much, you pick it up so you struggle just as much as they did. Yeah. You take the struggle from from the woman. Like that's your job. I, I mean, the like you're talking about that and it just it just I just think about like the concept of chivalry mm-hmm. and how it sucks for women because like a guy is flying out of nowhere trying to open a door you know or like open a door for you or something like that or uh carry your bags or something like that like i i'm sure that it's exhausting but on the flip like like you're saying on the flip side like this is something that we as men and i i am a cis man so this is this is this topic is something i think about a lot uh it's exhausting to be on the lookout for someone that has a door or something that you need to, or something that you need to carry because that's what's expected. And if you don't do that, then you're, then you're a bad man. You're bad at being a man. It's my, insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, my, I'm, I, I, I have to stop using the, those terms too. Like we talked about it's, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, what what were you saying? I'm sorry. Sorry, no problem. My grandpa's 96. Um, When I was visiting him last this year, um, he wanted to take my bag down a flight of stairs, then out a long driveway to the side of a highway for me. I am a reasonably strange, if not... I am reasonably straight. I meant to say strong. Oh, no. Oh, no. I got myself. I am a reasonably strong, if not a bit out of shape, uh, 27-year-old woman. I can carry my rolling bag down a flight of stairs. Right. And then I can roll out to the highway by myself. Better than a man who is 96 and not very steady on his feet. Mm-hmm. That's reality. But the expectations that patriarchy lays out for him and has been laying out for him for tw- for 96 years inhibits him from being able to watch a woman do something, even if, you know, logically, he should understand that I'm more physically capable of doing that than he is. I he- am disabled, like physically disabled. When you were talking about that, that made complete sense. I would do that. I would be it, like, oh, there's a bag. And it, and I would like me right now, I would I would have to think, okay, she can carry her own bag. Stop. I would have to actually think about that intelligently because my immediate reaction to you saying that and you saying, oh, I can carry my own bag is why would you? I can do it for you. Why? <laughs> yeah. That, that instinct is just instilled in yeah. in men from from the time we're growing up. 
And, you know, as annoying as it is for us, there have been many times where just yesterday um, I saw a dead bird in my backyard and I was the dog was going to eat it. So I had to get it out of there. But, you know, rather than (laughs) rather than than pick it up because it was frankly weirding me out, I went inside and I got my dad. Uh, because because if I say like oh I'm scared of the bird ah, then he'll do it for me and I don't have to do it and that's sexism at play but do I benefit oh shit yes (laughs) (laughs) so and I'm not trying to say that sexism is is more beneficial than not to women but we do benefit in certain ways and men are victims in certain ways the same elements that oppress women are sometimes convenient and the same things that give men the ability to be independent and exercise self-determination and to be left alone about all these different things um is also the the seeds of their own undoing sometimes. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. So that's what immediately pops out and hits me on the face about what's wrong with that TikTok. But also not just that TikTok, because I've been in a lot of feminist spaces. I've known a lot of progressive women. And this is a sentiment that I see a lot. Men suck. Men are bad. Uh, fuck men, things like that, because they're responsible for the patriarchy. But I just think that it's important every once in a while for us to ruminate on the fact that they're not. They're indoctrinated from birth into it. And that makes them insufferable, but not their fault. <laughs> you know, one thing about that is that as men we are expected to internalize that a woman says that you suck you're like yeah like as a progressive man like a like in like in progressive circles that is that is a thing that we are expected to do just men suck men suck okay and then and no matter what you're expected to just take that in and just let it and just let it ride uh, even if you have an opinion about that it's not it's not okay to to speak to speak about that yourself yeah but men don't suck because they they're some sort of irredeemable subspecies of human beings and also a lot of men can be socialized out of it you'd be really amazed what extending a little bit of human kindness to a man can do it's like that meme of the of like the the strange llama man eating out of the hand of the person saying thank you you saved my life like just acting like a normal person can really do a number on a guy um i remember you posting <laughs> a meme just a meme of like it like of this sentiment like uh like it was like a like a dog with like a big bowl of food and it's like uh men when you give them a specific compliment like a single compliment and then it's like it's like the most happy dog ever it's like yeah because <laughs> men forget, don't I get forget com- exactly what it is but it's like yeah you give a man a compliment like just one compliment and it just makes their day and i remember thinking about it, like yeah like if someone's like um 
one time you complimented me on my editing of the show and i that just i just <laughs> wrote on that for like a few days like <laughs> men don't get complimented like and what what you say i'm just saying men don't get complimented no why no. would we we're expected to do these things we're expected to to be stoic or we're expected to be the rock in the relationship or something like that these are things that like why would you compliment someone on doing their job kind of thing and also just people are not trained to if you're if you're not a man it's really common just to say like hey i like your shirt hey i like your shoes or hey you're looking fresh today men don't get that a lot no not from other men and certainly not from from just people outside of the gender um people just kind of tend to say like they look all right today or like that's a man it's like well maybe that man spent a long time on his on his beard today maybe that man dressed up really spiffy and he thinks he's looking good and you think he's looking good but you don't externalize it um we're really far away from the tweet. Want to just talk about the ways in which men are victimized by the patriarchy? <laughs> I thought that's what you were going for. Like, yeah, that's where you're much. moving to. So, yeah, I, yeah, I got, sure. I just got mad about it. All the, it wasn't initially, <laughs> but I got mad about it because it really does suck a lot. One thing that bothers me a lot <laughs> is that um, men don't have anybody to advocate for them on a day to day basis. Yeah, we're Reg supposed to stand up for ourselves. Yeah. Regular, degular men don't think about this at all. They just go through life uh, taking punches and pretending to be stoic and never telling anybody any of the things that they feel until they find a woman to get into a heterosexual relationship with. And then they dump all of the emotional baggage that they've accumulated over 30 years and drown her to death in them. Uh <laughs> Or just start, realize what's happening, and then stop. Yeah, or start, and then because it's too much for any individual person to handle, they get left because it's too mm. fucking much. <laughs> yeah. And and that sucks, because men should have friends. <laughs> <laughs> It, and not and not just you know guys that you drink a beer with and say yep like king of the goddamn hill like friends that you can talk to <laughs> a lot of the yep yeah i mean yep. <laughs> the 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 friend the guy friends that i have we don't usually talk about like emotional stuff you're not supposed to do that we talk about like stuff that we're doing or or jokes or politics or something but it you don't really you're not supposed to talk about like your relationship or your like how you're feeling that day or anything unless you're really 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 close to the the person like like you feel like a brother to them or something like you you don't do that with your just your friends and then you see like i see women they're like oh you look cute today or like oh what's wrong and you know you have like a big comment like you can have like just a conversation and it blows my mind <laughs> like exactly. <if> I'm, <laughs> it's just like how and it, it's it, 
Oh, I, I will say that like at like when I as I was growing up, the women in my family did and like my family uh, and how I was raised in that sphere were very good at saying like, no, it's OK to feel your emotions. It's OK to say it's OK to talk about how you're feeling. It's OK. Your your emotions are valid, you know, and I'm really happy for that. Men that are raised in that environment and then go out into the world, that is also something that's that's really out there because now you have these conflicting messages. Like you go home, it's okay to cry, it's okay to, to say that you're that you're sad or something. You go out, you're at school, you're at work or something, and then you start to express emotion and you get shut down. And it's and it is and that is mentally exhausting as well. Like from my experience, it's uh, it's something that a lot of guys that were uh, benefit they had the benefit of of a home life like that, but going out into a society that is ruled by patriarchy and that is ruled by these rules that you weren't taught growing up um, can be uh, like a cultural whiplash. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I really do. Uh, I mean, not specifically that because I'm a cis woman, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like intellectually, yeah, I can, you, can, I can, you can, yeah. Also, like, I feel like there are probably things that I could think of. Uh, well, actually, definitely, because I grew up with a very specific, like, I grew up in like a black household. We are culturally like black American and Jamaican, and oh then I went to God, like yeah. to like <laughs> white, like not just white, but like a very Jewish school and like there are just certain things like you know you don't snitch in my family and they were like or if you see somebody getting shit on outside in the playground you get in there and you save their ass like that's right. like that's what you do um yeah. and they would be telling their kids if you see somebody getting their shit kicked in you walk away what? <laughs> like like just literally like walk away that's their problem Hold um on. and if you go and tell an adult <laughs> you're gonna be the next target so just ignore it that's some shit that like people around me were being told and wow. there are people who are expelled from my school for sticking up for people yeah my cousin for instance got like expelled for beating up a bully who was beating up some nerd <laughs> um and that just blew our fucking minds my parents had to sit me down and be and say i don't know i don't care what's happening to those other people uh try not to swing because <laughs> because that's like it's a no-brainer for us if you see somebody yeah. in need you you swing if you need to I mean that's that's something else like not just the not just not just guys being raised in in the patriarchy in the culture of patriarchy that we have but also uh the expectations of black men and the addition of that because there there are other rules and there are other expectations on top of the you know standard vanilla patriarchy <laughs> you know like we have extra stuff that goes on top of that, like every culture does, like uh, that they expect their men to do X and Y. Um, I got obviously only have experience with the uh, with being a black man in this in this society, and it's um, again, it's it's just there's so much to navigate. It's exhausting to try to keep up with everything. 
Yeah, essentially, men don't get to talk about this shit. They get exhausted. When's the last <laughs> time you heard a man get to talk about how exhausted they are with trying to be in their role in society? Because women get to vent. We get to talk about how shit this is, but men don't get to talk about how shit their shit is. And also, whenever they try, people immediately think about the men's rights movement. And that's where I want to shift for a second. Well, before you shift, I just want to I just want to say I am talking about how exhausting this is. And I and I have the ability and the freedom to talk about this. You know why? Because you gave me the the uh, permission to do that. And you deserve to. <laughs> like, but I, I had to have, I got, I had to get like permission from a woman to have a conversation about this because I'm not supposed to talk about this with women because it's not my place. And it's not, it's not my place at all. But because uh, you said at the beginning, like we were talking about like what, and you're like, yeah, I want to talk about this. And I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually contribute this. Oh my God. You know, so I just, that's another thing that is, that I just realized, like, I would not be talking about this with Nicole, who clearly would want to talk about this. I would not broach this subject uh, if without her bringing it up first. Yeah. So you're um, talking about the men's rights movement and uh, how there's not really like political um, advocacy for what we're talking about, I'm assuming. That yeah. Ago. Yeah. Um, so what I want to say uh, to so this is all kind of what I wanted to lead up to is to communicate with people who are interested in improving the plights of women or abolishing the patriarchy or just generally doing things that shit in the face of like patriarchal expectations. Um, because there is a entire untapped part of the advocacy for the abolition of patriarchy that nobody seems to give a single shit about genuinely. And that is the plight of men, unironically, because men have no political advocates. I know that's going to sound really fucked up because like, what about the men's rights movement? Well, when was the last time you heard about anybody in the men's rights movement talk about anything other than how women ruin their lives or how moms are hoes or some shit yeah uh they they talk about men's issues by bitching about women yeah conservatives uh, there there are there are circles that this is a venn diagram here between conservatives and men's rights activists but they're not they're not circles um conservatives also say we care about men but they demand a very stringent ideal of a man. They don't support gay men. They don't support trans men. They don't support emotional men. They don't support any man that's not a normative, uh, socially and emotionally repressed white man who has never shown <laughs> vulnerability a day in his life. He cries in the shower like the rest of us. <laughs> not even then. No. Yeah. Maybe like mm-hmm. in a darkened room listening to like, peter murphy or something i don't oh, fucking boy. know <laughs> staring <laughs> off into the middle distance <laughs> that's a that's a pat oswald joke but um yeah just the people who say they advocate for men aren't because they don't advocate for men to be able to 
be vulnerable, to to talk about their feelings, to have people understand like, hey, it is okay and and ex- and a part of being a normal human being to compliment men. Men are not expendable. These type of things don't get talked about unless it's also talked through the lens of shitting on women. So mm-hmm. here's an opportunity for us feminists. We want to abolish the patriarchy. We understand that feminism hurts women really, really well. So now, and we understand how men participate in the participate in the hurting of women under patriarchy. However, we have a blind spot, and that's in understanding how our role in upholding patriarchy goes selectively um, in terms of expecting men to do certain things. Uh, accepting benevolent sexism, never complimenting men, sitting around talking about how shit men are without ex- without expanding or accepting that that's part of their socialization. But also, we should be actively advocating for men's rights, unironically. Not the MRAs, but for the right of men to act like human beings, because men and women are not that dissimilar. Genuinely speaking, I have close male friends and they have they're not automatons. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I it's it sounds really fucking weird to say, but I feel like sometimes people don't expect men to have real feelings and, and they do. Even even super stoic men men's men. Um I started paying attention to this more like men who I never paid attention to like their inner lives or their feelings or anything in my family. A few years ago, I just started talking to them as, as human beings or trying to listen to them or really engage with them on an emotional level. And all of them to their benefit or to their credit reacted by like, you know, open and honest conversation and communication. And it just kind of makes me super sad that men don't get that from the women in their lives or the mm-hmm. envies in their lives. <laughs> or we, the, we can't. Or the, we can't. You can't. You can't no, even get that from other permission. men. We need permission. We need to have a specific space that is created to talk about these things. This is why uh, like men's group therapy is so important. Uh, and why men going to therapy is is so important, especially in especially if they want to improve themselves in terms of this, like being able to express themselves, uh, because we weren't raised with the tools to understand and properly express how we like our emotional lives. We have to learn that like through our lives, hopefully. But a lot of men just don't get that in in general, you know? Yeah. And it's also a process because I'm not trying to say, hey, women, just flip a switch and start treating men properly. Because it something that you said about giving the tools to healthily process that information really resonates with me. Because mm-hmm. one of my worst and most awful things that happens to me when I'm talking to men or I'm playing my video games and I'm or I used to be a big MMO person this happened all the time is I just be making friends with men like I'm a lesbian I don't give a fuck I'm here for you as a human being we're we're people communicating I don't like what's in I don't 
I, I, no interest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men will take me being like marginally nice to them or forming a genuine friendship as a romantic advance. And it's not their fault. And I've gotten really good at being friends with people with romantic feelings (laughs) because of this. But I'm always like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> God, that, that has to be so that has to be so exhausting. I like I, like having to deal with that all the time. 90% like, of men are really cool about it. If you're just like, hey man, I just want to be your friend. Like I, I'm not we're not going there. Um they're like, oh, okay. And then you can just go along. But it, it is exhausting because it's like you're trying to be a good friend, but and but so many men process very basic things as being romantic or special and it shouldn't be special and it shouldn't be romantic we t- a lot of jokes get cracked about like men who perceive like an errant compliment as like you know i'm like incels like, like oh yeah she 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 said i i was funny and she liked my joke and so i jerked off for five years to to that <laughs> idea because she clearly loves me and now i'm going to shoot up the school because they're not uh, cause, because, uh, she said that she liked me, but then I asked her out to prom and she said no. And clearly she was leading me on. And all she said was, Hey man, that was a funny joke five yeah. years ago. Yeah. But that also speaks to the level of, um, that men are depraved are deprived of just normal <laughs> interactions. Cause it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. It it shouldn't be so rare that somebody is nice to a guy that when they have somebody be nice to them, that it just automatically gets processed as like romantic. That needs to so there's some therapy involved and there's some communication. And also there's a layer of sometimes men are scary. <laughs> um so you know, if men get scary when you're nice to them, it's hard to tell women to just be nice to men. Cause yeah, I've been nice to a guy who gets a weird obsessive crush on me. And that's not cool. <laughs> so I don't want to say that I'm like whitewashing the situ the the um the situation here, but the the fact remains is that um the type of day-to-day advocacy like saying hey like men it's okay for this or like hey like i like your shoes or hey like it's not cool that we don't compliment men normalizing these things will make it easier for if it starts happening to men on a daily basis for more than one person um then it will be safer for all of us that that concept just blows my mind of what (laughs) being complimented on regularly yeah, it makes it 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 literally like I it's like trying to think of a trillion dollars. You know it exists. You know that it's possible to have that much money. You just can't like forming the concept, like the actual concept of that in real life is difficult. Wow, like That's getting compliments up. every day, like that. That I don't know how I would handle that. Like, um, like psychologically, I don't know how I, like, it would be very, very strange, uh, if, if, if that was happening, like I would have to, that's something I would have to get used to. Yeah. So this is a long-term project because, um, 
a, a long life of being treated in this way has made a lot of men very strange, and I do not want to shy away from that fact, so I'm not saying... <laughs> We're like, weird. <laughs> like, listen, being depri- depraved of, like, being deprived, I keep saying depraved, but being deprived of... Deprived um, too, yeah. Being deprived of that positivity or that external affirmation or even just, you know, a feeling of of mattering beyond your economic (laughs) output uh, for a really long time turns you turns a lot of guys into like fucking weirdos who are sometimes really dangerous if you try to extend a hand up because they don't know how to process it. Or they misinterpret it and they get mad when they misinterpret it because they've only ever figured out how to act mad. That's the only emotion they have. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt again, but that is something that uh, that I was thinking about when you were talking about um, MRAs. We, the emotion that we are allowed to express is anger. So advocacy for men's rights is based in anger because that's how we advocate for ourselves. Yeah. That's it. That's all we can do. Like that like uh in in the general society, not like in the, in different cultures or anything like that, but like that's the that's the default. Like either you don't feel anything or you don't express anything or you can act like annoyed or not annoyed, angry. Yeah. So annoyed I was about is to say, being a little bit. Annoyed is effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> effeminate. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. So he's snarky a little bit. Which is <laughs> all to say that um, there's an opportunity that feminists should take to be compassionate in our advocacy for an equal society, a society which, you know, yes, allows women to do what they want, but also allows men to do what they want and yeah. allows men to, you know, split the fucking bill or not open a door for a woman or, you know, say I am. 97 years old. My grandpa is 97, not 96. 97 years old. My granddaughter is clearly more capable of carrying this bag out, and I am not going to feel bad about letting her do it. (laughs) Any of that shit requires compassionate (laughs) advocacy, and it's hard to imagine it coming from men right now. Ideally, men would do this work, but when men seem to tackle this issue, uh, men who are um, feminists or familiar with feminism are trained to internalize a lot of the shit about how men are trash. Um, they're not. And they're trained not to talk about their issues because clearly they pale in comparison to women's issues, which... Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're comparable. Um, and you ever, mm-hmm. you ever, you ever bring up the fact that uh, uh, the, just the concept of men being sexually assaulted? I have never brought it up, but Jesus, if you ever you try and do that, like, <laughs> like they, they, that is something that is that is important to talk about, especially in our prison system. But it's not something that like the the amount of the amount of people that are that are assault like men that are assaulted, uh, we don't we don't really know because so many just go unreported. That's a it's it's just another example of yeah of how it's fucked up. And yeah, like you were saying, the uh like in our call like in our 
trying to be better people, you know, the, especially the people listening to this podcast and um, just e- even in progressive circles, men are, and like I said at the beginning, men are expected to just, if we hear like men are trash or something, we're just expected to take it because we're men, we're part of the patriarchy and uh, that's, that's what we deserve like like a like progressive men this is something that um i've noticed a lot and i've noticed that like it's just part of the progressive movement like like when we're talking about patriarchy we're not supposed to talk we're not supposed to disagree with anything or bring up our own points it's just yep men are trash or we agree yeah and um and that really sucks and we should start de-emphasizing that type of reaction or Uh, or that type of sentiment because it really fucking sucks and it's not true and we should try and be compassionate and say like hey you can be vulnerable um the men's rights movement is too far gone and they also blame women for all of their issues um but if we could build a new coalition of feminists and and men who give a shit about men like a single shit about men and just talk about men's issues honestly and openly and don't um consistently shit on them we might be able to get some movement on the topic of men being asshole weirdos and if we get that patriarchy will like it's gonna be nigh on impossible to dismantle patriarchy if men are enemies because they're not (laughs) There are allies. Patriarchy hurts us all. If we form a coalition, it'll go much better. (laughs) I I just want to, if it's okay, I just want to end on one thing. Uh, The patriarchy is partially um, supported by this concept. It is partially supported by men being expected to be stoic or emotional rocks or not in or just not emotional at all and if we want to uh disassemble part of this like toxic environment then one of the things that we have to do is try to um lessen that that effect and uh bring or give men the right to be sad or be depressed or be um happy or something like that because if you take that away then part of the patriarchy falls down it's one of the pillars of the patriarchy yeah i mean i agree completely um and also all men are kings not all of them but you know men are born kings and then become weird corrupted weirdos by patriarchy short men are also cool and uh, if you're a man, I like your hair today. It's looking pretty good. I, I, I can't see it, obviously. <laughs> but if I saw it, I, I think that it would look good. I think that you did a good job. <laughs> and you're very handsome. And that's the episode. <laughs> you immediately want to argue against that? <laughs> I and that's so funny because aren't you bald? <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't, I haven't shaved my head in a, in a little bit. But You're doing it doesn't great. matter. It doesn't matter. Even if I like spent like an hour on my hair today uh, or like I tried to dress in the nights or something, I would argue against that. I can't. It's not true. I don't look good today. I can't look good today. <laughs> you see? 
Oh, man. I guess that's the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. This should be called um, Men Are Kings. <laughs> hey, we're here in the, the third year calling Men Kings and trying to jumpstart people to actually treat men like human beings. And if you want to support this ongoing mission of treating men well, my co-host here, Genre, is going to explain how you can do that. If uh, you would like to support the show, there are a few different ways that you can do that. Uh, first off, you can go to our coffee. That is ko-fi.com slash say this cast. And you can uh, give us like a one time uh, cash prize or something that would that would really help uh, just uh, support everything. You can also become a patron. We just recorded a like an extra 15 minutes of content talking further talking about the topic uh, and um <laughs> it was interesting so uh if you want to hear that then become a patron you can go to patreon.com slash say this cast and uh, become a patron at ten dollars uh, a month and if you do that then you can hear all of our extra content uh if you do five dollars then you get your episode early uh if you do one dollar then just thank you very much we appreciate you and you know like you get to post in our patreon and and, uh, and ask questions or you know suggest topics and stuff so patreon.com slash say this cast all right so after all of that and and giving trying to to be positive to, to men and to just people trying to be better people. We want to be positive now too. So Nicole, what is the positive thing that you are thinking about or doing or or whatever right now? What, let's I have, go. Okay, I have two current obsessions. Okay. Um, so number one, there is an incremental game called the Kittens Game. Um, it is a... By incremental, I mean like cookie clicker, if you're familiar with that. You just do things and see number go up. But um, cool. the interesting <laughs> thing about this game is that it's about kittens. And so you have like, you know, your kitten and he's in the woods and then you build things and their society grows in these really like wild and crazy ways. Um, I don't want to get too into it because there's some shit that's like completely off the wall. If you play this game, do it blind or yeah do it blind um but <laughs> nice. you know you light spoiler here you can like choose different political policies for them so for example for yeah so my society of kittens uh praises tradition they are a monarchy uh they uh love cultural exchange they love stoicism unlike right. me in real life <laughs> they praise mysticism unlike me in real life um and they're environmentalists like me in real life i just built them ships they went across the continent and now they're doing trades with zebras for titania jesus that's, i mean it's some uh, off the wall wild shit in this please game. tell me the monarch is called the kitty king um just, I don't know. There's no. There's no just, monarch. Just, 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 you sure. said it was okay. You said there was. They, they were a monarchy. I thought they are. You don't get that granular into oh. like the specifics. Well, now, just, now the cat king is called the kitty king. That's that's just okay. canon now. New head canon. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> but this game has 
no graphics. It's just your imagination. My favorite thing wow. is just giving people in my life updates about the kittens. Like, I'm just like, oh, my kittens just built a basilica. Like, <laughs> um, or what is like this called the kitty game, the kitten the game, ki- the kittens game. Uh, you can play it on your PC. And I think there's a, there's an Android client. I know because that's where I play it. And I think you can also get it on iOS. But it's it's a really cute game. You pick it up and put it down. I play it during the day, most days. Um, and I uh, think that I'm not going to get bored of it for a while. It gives you just wow. enough to keep coming back. The second obsession that I have is Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. It's a computer RPG. Um, made by Owlcat Games. Uh, it is a Dungeons and Dragons inspired uh, computer RPG, kind of in the vein of Baldur's Gate. And I'm not a huge computer RPG fan. I always feel like I should be because a lot of them are really highly praised, but I just can't get into them for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I really fucking love this game. Um, <laughs> it's kind of classic D&D rules which is helping me get used to them and also it's kind of full of like a strangely diverse cast of characters I always go for games that allow you to play as a druid because I like shape-shifting druid was my main in World of Warcraft it makes me nostalgic and so I've just been having a really fun time with it it's a great game um, it's kind of bugged out right now. And also, I'm really proud of Owlcat Games because um, this is their second game. The It's kind of technically a sequel, maybe. The first game was Pathfinder Kingmaker. And that game was less than stellar because there is a really, 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 really fucking strict time limit for everything that you do in the game that made everybody kind of crazy um, because <laughs> it... Um, was too much. Uh, so they kind of toned that down a lot. And by a lot, I mean there's no strict time limit, essentially, um, in Wrath of the Righteous. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. The lore is really deep. I mean, it's uh, it's D&D. It's, path, it's the Pathfinder universe thing. Uh, it's a good time. Mm. It's really different than Baldur's Gate 3. That's the other CRPG that I'm really into. Um and it's a different take on Dungeons and Dragons, and it's just um, beautiful game, indie, uh, diverse, fun as shit, uh, and I recommend it. I think that um, people should play it. it. I have 24 hours on it, and I don't really regret. I've been playing like all weekend, pretty obsessively. Wow, <sighs> what's making you happy, Jonah? This game is crazy. <clears throat> Which one? <laughs> Kitten's game. My oh, blood yeah, it's riser. wild. <laughs> it's just... Shit, yeah, the uh, the uh, creators, the uh, dev is blood riser. <laughs> this game is crazy. Um, all right, so my thing is uh, last episode, uh, I talked about the the um, Avatar, the Legends, the, the um, tabletop role-playing game based on Avatar The Last Airbender, the Kickstarter. Um, it just ended a few days ago. Uh, out of fifty thousand dollars that they needed to produce the game, they got nine point five million. Wow! Uh, they are one of the most funded Kickstarters ever, and the the top tabletop um, game ever funded on Kickstarter by four hundred thirty percent above the last one. <laughs> so people like their avatar. It's a great, it's a great series. I love it. 
and they have quick start rules. And I said I was going to run my own kickstart game like that, like with the simple rules. And I did it the other night. And holy crap, was it fun? Oh, my God. (laughs) It was it was. And we barely use like we didn't have like the rules for like progression or a lot of different powers or anything like that. These are just simple pre-made characters and a pre-made adventure. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it because I think it's hilarious. The characters, the players, I had three people playing and they were stuck in a jail. A guy comes out and he says, I have a special thing that I need to get out of the city and you're going to help me. He lets him out of jail. Normally, what they're supposed to do, there's a fair going on. They're supposed to go out. They're supposed to sneak out and lose themselves in the fair and there's stuff to do than that. My, my people decided there's probably a secret exit in the catacombs so they go deeper in the castle completely off the map threw the adventure away there was nothing i could do (laughs) it was crazy but every but by the end like everybody had a really good time uh this the the uh rules were simple and easy to to do and really easy to like make up stuff as you go along and still keep the story going uh and it's just really, really great. If you like Avatar The Last Airbender and you like tabletop role-playing games, uh, the, the core roles are coming out in January, February. It's going to be... Uh, it's it's really, really fun. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been really great. And I got a compliment on my GM skills, and I've been just floating on that for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> Oh, apt, <laughs> very apt. <laughs> yes, like what? Um, one of the players they were like, "Yeah, IGM games. This was great." And I'm like, ah. "Thank you. <laughs> I'll eat for a month off of this." Right. <laughs> All right, we're getting back into. Unironically, it. yes. Yeah. That yes, eat for a month. Yes. Anyway, um, that's it for the first episode of year three of i shouldn't have to say this uh we are gonna do some great stuff this year uh so if you want to know more remember we put our episodes out every two weeks uh and you can go to saythiscast.com to hear the past episodes the and subscribe to everything links to patreon and everything like that at saythiscast.com you can also follow us at saythiscast on twitter and speaking of twitter where can we find you online nicole you can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Traits. That's three is in the number, and don't try and find me anywhere else. <laughs> you are forbidden from trying to search her out. <laughs> uh, you can find me online at Press Start Lock, uh, and uh, like I I talk on there a lot. It's um whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> If you like the music that we play today, our new theme song is by the one-ups. It's called Katamari Taino. Uh, It is a cover of Katamari Damacy. And you can get that from store.mustinenterprises.com. I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.